Praise the Lord. It's good to be here this morning. How many of y'all are blessed to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. How many of y'all enjoyed that worship this morning? Amen. All right. Well, praise the Lord. It's good to see y'all. Welcome to Victory Life Church. Uh, if we have any visitors here, we want to welcome y'all this morning. Amen. And we just pray that you are blessed and amen, that you enjoy yourself this morning. But uh, it's good to see the rest of you this morning. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go ahead and open up this morning to the book of Colossians. Colossians in chapter 3. Colossians in chapter 3. Colossians in chapter 3. And we're going to start in verse 12. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12 this morning. Praise the Lord. And this sermon this morning is going to kind of carry over a little bit from what I preached on Wednesday. I know a lot of you may not have been here, but that's okay. You'll be fine picking up where we're at today. Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 12. And the word of God reads like this. He says, So as those who have been chosen of God. Do we have anybody that's been chosen in here? Praise the Lord. Holy and beloved. He says, put on a heart of compassion, of kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another, with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, somebody say, whatever you do. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Amen. Let me pray this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that we're chosen. We thank you, Father God, that we're called. We thank you, Lord God, that we're saved, God, through the blood of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we thank you, God, that you're taking us somewhere, that you're developing us, that you're equipping us 
into the men and women of God that you desire for us to be my king. Lord, as we just look at your word today, God, just open up our hearts to receive what it is that you have. Help us, my king, to do your will, God, and to hear your voice. Forgive us for all of our sins, Lord. Just wash us, cleanse us, and cover us in your son's precious blood, God. But Lord God, remove all distractions. Lord, let us decrease as you increase in this house this morning. Father, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would, give the Lord a hand. Praise this morning. Amen. All right. And so like I shared earlier, I'm going to be sharing a message, kind of a continuance of what I shared on Wednesday. Although this message is a standalone message, so don't worry. If you weren't here, you're not going to miss anything. But uh, I had actually spoke on Wednesday uh, about humility. And I had spoke about clothing yourself with humility. Amen. And as I put my topic up, this is going to be a part two, but my topic is, what are you wearing? Somebody look at your neighbor and say, what are you wearing? (laughs) And of course, like I shared on Wednesday, I'm not talking about your outfit, praise the Lord. I'm not talking about your cologne, amen. But what are you wearing? And so this subject this morning is actually going to be clothed with compassion. Clothed with compassion. You know, I don't know about you, but a a lot of us, each and uh, every one of us, we like to dress up for special occasions. And we like to even dress up when we come to the house of God a lot of times, right? We like to put on something halfway decent, right? Amen. We like to put on uh, some of our best as we come to the house of the Lord. But sometimes that's how we are with our attitude and our actions as well. In other words, we put on our best attitude or we put on our best behavior at church on Sunday. But we go home and we wear a different outfit. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm grateful that some of you don't act like you do at the house here at church. Hello, somebody. But at the end of the day, God wants us to be clothed all the time with his character. Now, I saw a post, uh, you know, and I want to put it up here on the screen, a picture for you real quick. Amen. And this kind of points out. I don't know if any of you are Chihuahua fans or not. I believe that's a Chihuahua. But the first picture is a picture at home. And, amen. And the other picture is a picture at church. Oh, how sweet. All right, there's my... I'll let you look at it for a minute so I can soak in, right? I know that's probably none of you in here. Amen. What you wear to church is what you wear out there at the house, right? Praise the Lord. But as we're looking at our scripture this morning, you can take that off the screen. Amen. As we're looking at our scripture this morning, we begin to see where Paul is talking to the church of Colossae. And he begins to tell them, amen, to clothe themselves in a certain way. In fact, as we look in these scriptures, the, the scripture is talking about putting on the new self. 
in, in the previous scriptures within that chapter are actually about speaking about some of the things that we need to take off. Amen. And he, re- he refers to anger and malice and wrath and slander and abusive speech from your mouth. He, amen. And he says, don't lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices. But he says, put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. In other words, put on the new self, amen, with a true knowledge as God is developing you into the image of Christ. And then he begins to go on a little bit further and he says here in the scripture that I opened up, so as those who have been chosen of God, Amen. And I'm going to tell you, amen, you've been chosen. Praise the Lord. Amen. But as those who have been chosen by God or of God, holy and beloved, put on, amen, or another version says, clothe yourself in this manner. And the first thing that he begins to speak about, amen, is clothing yourself with a heart of compassion. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. I spoke to you about humility the other day, amen. And I spoke about how humility actually begins to bring, amen, spiritual authority in your life. As you humble yourself, as you go down, God raises you up. As you begin to humble yourself, God exalts you. But if you exalt yourself, then God will humble you, won't he, amen. But I want to share with you this morning, amen, about being clothed with compassion, amen. Beginning to clothe yourself in this manner, praise the Lord, amen. And not just clothing ourselves, amen, for an outward appearance, but clothing ourselves for an inward desire in our heart. Can I get an amen? You know, I had shared about how I spent time seeking the Lord and I was asking God as he's taken me in this journey, amen, as a Christian and even as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I had asked God, I said, God, I need you to help me and I need you to help me to become compassionate. Because if I'm going to be a pastor, if I'm going to be a minister, if I'm going to take care of these sheep, if I'm going to be a shepherd, I'm going to have to have compassion concerning their situation. And you know how many of y'all know sometimes it's hard to have compassion in certain areas if you haven't experienced something yourself. You know, I know a lot of times, especially when we're young, amen, and we're certain things that we just haven't experienced in our life. And so it's hard for us to truly relate to somebody else concerning that situation, amen? And a lot of times when we're young, we're healthy, we're strong, amen? We think that we're invincible, we haven't encountered very much in our lives, amen? And so it's hard for us to really relate concerning certain situations. But there's something called life that begins to occur, isn't there? Where you begin to encounter various things. You know, and some people, they're just gifted with the gift of compassion. God has gifted me with the gift of faith, but he didn't just gift me with the gift of a compassion. 
But how many of y'all know God has a way to take you and develop you and put you where he wants you in order to equip you? He says, I haven't called the equipped, but I have equipped the called. In other words, he's going to equip you through the school of Christ. Amen. Which you experience throughout your life. Can I get an amen? One good thing is everything that you experience, God's not going to waste it, but he's going to use it so that you can be used for his honor and glory in order to minister to somebody else. And sometimes it's easier if you've been through something, if you have experienced something and you can truly relate to somebody, amen, in order to minister and have compassion. Can I get an amen? So as we look here, amen, I want to talk to us. How do we usually think of compassion? You know, one word that may come to mind is empathy. But empathy is this, saints. Empathy is putting yourself in that person's position and imagining his or her position. That's empathy. In other words, I have empathy for you. I'm putting myself in your position. I'm as if I'm in your shoes and I'm imagining that I'm in your shoes and what that would be like concerning me. That's empathy. Or what about the word sympathy? Sympathy is this. I understand how you feel. I've been there and that is so sad. That's sympathy. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus, amen, can sympathize with us. Because he came, amen, and took on the form of a man, and he experienced what we experienced, amen. I shared about it many times before. Amen, he's experienced the rejection, he experienced the hurt, he experienced the temptation, he experienced, amen, the persecution, he experienced the rejection, everything that we experience in life. And I don't know about you, but that's encouraging me to know that we have a God that can sympathize or has experienced what we have, praise the Lord. But when we're talking about compassion, we usually think compassion is just feeling sorry for someone. However, God has shown us with many concrete examples from the word of God what compassion really is. Now, Webster's Dictionary says this. It says, compassion is the sympathetic consciousness of others. Distress together. Now, listen to this last part. With a desire, somebody say a desire, with a desire to alleviate it. Let me repeat that again because that's a lot, right? Compassion is the sympathetic consciousness of others, amen? You're conscious of others through that sympathy, amen, because you understand how they feel, But it's distressed together, and not only is it a consciousness of others, but it's also with a desire to alleviate them concerning their situation. Somebody say, God is good. So in other words, when we're talking about compassion, compassion should go one step further. Though it should do something instead of just desiring to do something. See, there's a difference, right? That's what compassion does. It does something. Somebody say something. And Paul is saying to the church of Colossae, clothe yourself with compassion. Because that compassion is going to drive you in order to do something concerning that situation. 
You know, it's like this. If we, maybe God has given us compassion for somebody that, that over in another country that is uh, hurting for food. Maybe they don't have food or maybe they don't have drinking water or whatever it is. And you say, well, what can I do concerning that? I'm here in America. I can pray for them, number one, right? But compassion would be, hey, you know what? I have such a heart for that. I'm probably going to go ahead and send, amen, a little love offering over in order to be able to help a child, amen, and be able to make it. Can I get an amen? So in other words, it's a situation where we do something. Now, if you'll turn with me real quick to Matthew chapter 25 and verse 34, and this is going to bring me up to my first point, amen, and that's the scripture I'm going to go to, but put my first point up on the board. When we're talking about compassion, my first point is this, compassion meets the needs of others. It meets the needs of others. In other words, I don't just have compassion, I don't just feel for you, but I actually have a desire to do something and I want to meet the need concerning that situation. Now, let's look at our scripture right here in Matthew chapter 25, verse 34, for just a moment. He says, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. Naked, you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or feed you or thirsty or give you something to drink? When did we ever see you, Lord, in that condition? When did you, we see you to be a stranger or invite you in or naked or clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison or come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, truly, I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. See, that's compassion meeting the needs of others. Are y'all with me today? Now, I know sometimes that can be a little challenging because we're in a day and age, amen, where, amen, there's people scamming and scheming and manipulating and praise the Lord, amen. Sometimes, amen, you know, they don't, they don't need something that they say they need. They really need something else. Hello. Are y'all with me today? So I'm kind of cautious when I preach these kind of messages to this crowd, praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> but it's meeting the needs of others. And I want you to look as we look at the scripture towards the end. Did you notice, amen, that they did something and the Bible says, praise the Lord. Put, put up there, if you would, for me real quick, son. Put up the last verse in verse 40. He says... Truly, I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. Now, let's think about that for just a second, because when we're talking about the least, hello, the least is this. It's knowing that these people 
that we're doing this for can never repay me for what I'm doing. In other words, they didn't just loan, but they gave. But they were driven by compassion. It's one thing if you do it with somebody and you know you can expect something back. It's another thing if you do it knowing that they'll never be able to return it to you. Praise the Lord. Amen. It doesn't matter if when it's not one of those situations where I'm going to do this for him because, uh, you know, when I get in the bind, hopefully he'll be there for me. Although we know that we reap what we sow, praise the Lord, and it may not even come from the same person, but God will take care of you. But even that, that's not our motive, amen. That's not our drive. We're doing it for the least of them. We're doing it with somebody that has no way whatsoever to return it to us at all because we're doing that of a right and pure heart, a heart driven by compassion. Now let me look at verse 41 real quick, amen, on the flip side. This is where it gets a little heavy, right? He says, then he will also say to those on his left, depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. Did you know that, amen, the eternal fire has been prepared for the devil and his angels? It had been prepared for you. Although there's people that will go there. And then he will also say to them, "For, for I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in, naked and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they themselves will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? And then he will answer to them, truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it to one of these least of these, you did not do it to me. These will go away in eternal punishment with the righteousness into eternal life. Somebody say, help me, Lord. So when we look at it, saints, compassion meets the needs of others. It's got action behind it. Moving right along, amen, as they put my next point up in there, amen, I want to help you because Paul says, clothe yourselves, you chosen one, you born again believer, amen, clothe yourself in this way, not with anger, not with malice, not with slander, not with these things that are all, amen, the things of the flesh, but clothe yourself with the things of the spirit, amen, and one of these things is compassion in your life, praise the Lord. Are y'all with me today? My next point is compassion never gives up on others. It doesn't give up. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't give up on you or I? Compassion never gives up on others. Amen. I want to kind of bring your attention to a story that I'll be pretty familiar. I don't know that I'm going to read the whole thing. But are you all familiar, amen, with the, the story of the prodigal son? And the prodigal son, amen, he was a knucklehead. But the prodigal son, amen, also had a father. We see in this, we see the prodigal son, amen, we see the elder brother, and we see the father, amen. And of course, that father represents, amen, the heart of God towards us, amen. And yet, while we were sinners, he sent his son to die for us. 
Are y'all with me today? But are y'all familiar with the story? Amen. The prodigal son comes to the father and he tells him, he says, I want my portion of the inheritance. I want my portion of the inheritance. Now, I want you to think about this for just a moment, okay? Because when he made this statement, this is what the, this is what the son was actually saying. He said to his father, give me my inheritance, amen? And, I, and when you, even if, you, if you look at this, an inheritance was something uh, that wasn't given while the head of the household or the father, amen, was still living. But he said, give me my inheritance. And then essentially, this is what he was saying to his father. He said, father, you're better off to me dead than you are alive. That's heavy, isn't it? He said, give me my inheritance. You're more valuable to me dead than you are alive. Give me my portion. And the father responds, and he divides among his sons his inheritance. In other words, the son says, drop dead. Hello, dad. I don't know about you, but that's kind of cold. And the son had cast off his father. But how, how many of y'all know as the story goes on and the lost son makes his way home, the story begins to be clear. Because you look in verse 20, if you'll put that up for me real quick, son, of chapter 15. 15 and verse 20. We begin to see right here as the son is beginning to come back home. He says, so he got up and he came to his father. Amen. We know the story. He went, amen, and he squandered off his inheritance on wild living, amen. He was there eating, amen, even, uh, even with the pigs, amen. And he was saying, even my father's servants are better taken care of than I am. Even they, amen, get to eat better than I do. But he says here, amen, as the son got up and came to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, and look at this word right here, and he felt compassion for him. This is the same son that said, you're better off to me dead than you are alive. But the father saw him, and he, and he says that he felt compassion for him, and he ran, and he embraced him, and he kissed him, the Bible says. Now, I want you to look at this, amen, because in the same way that the Father, amen, began to go to him, we begin to see compassion actually pursues. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, if you look at this time in this ancient time of this parable, amen, I want you to think about it because this is a time where fathers were actually kind of detached from their children in that capacity, in other words, fathers were a position of authoritative, amen. Are y'all with me today? They were one that were defensive of their honor. In other words, children came to them, not the other way around. Are y'all with me today? 
But this father, he defies convention in such a way, amen, in this, even in this century, amen, that, that if you looked at it, he would be more like a mother than he would even like a father. In other words, amen, fathers don't wait at the kitchen window for days at a time, amen, for their children to come home. That sounds like a mother, doesn't it? But this was a father. Fathers don't hike up their skirts, amen, and they don't run out there and pursue, amen, the sons. Fathers don't fall down in a mess of emotion, amen, right before their son and kiss them, amen. But this father did. And the reason was is because he was driven by compassion. He felt compassion that brought action, amen, that even broke the bounds of his time, amen, of, of, of living. To where everything that he did was contrary to what would even appear to be acceptable for that time frame, amen. But he wasn't bound, amen, by what would appear to be acceptable. He was, amen, led and empowered by the spirit of compassion that he felt for his son that he loved so dearly. Are y'all with me today? And one thing about it is compassion, amen, won't create you to give up on somebody, are y'all with me today? I'm trying to help you because God's saying to clothe yourself with compassion. As it brings me to my next point, my third point. Compassion suffers with others. In fact, if you want to know this, compassion in Latin means co-suffering. Somebody say co-suffering. Or the literal term is to suffer with. Hello. Are y'all with me today? In other words, uh, let me give you an example. Husbands, if your wife has cramps, you need to suffer with her. Hello. Are y'all with me today? You don't look at her crazy and say, what's wrong with you? Or sisters, hello. Are y'all with me today? Yeah, thank you, Jesus. God wants us to clothe ourselves with compassion, saints. But compassion, amen, suffers with others. Somebody once said this. They said, if you, if you want to love, you must enlarge your capacity to suffer. Because love, to love, is to suffer. That's why whenever you make your covenant with God and before your husband or your wife, amen, at that marriage ceremony, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, amen, till death do us part. In other words, amen, you're going to suffer and you're going to suffer with them, praise the Lord, you're going to go through the good, you're going to go through the bad, you're going to go through the ugly, amen. You're going to go through the up, you're going to go through the down, amen. In the real ugly. And we see this, saints, in the person of Jesus. 
in the very nature of God, amen, God humbles himself to walk alongside a suffering world. He, he, he humbles himself to walk aside along a suffering world, amen, and he's found sitting at a table with them and welcoming them and offering a healing word, amen, and sharing in their lives because he follows with this road into human suffering even as it leads him, amen, to the city of Jerusalem, amen. Are y'all with me today? Even when it leads him to the cross of Calvary, amen, where he would shed his precious blood, where he would suffer and die for you and I. Can I get an Amen. Even in a place, amen, where people would reject him and spit on him, amen, and crucify him. And as a result, he proclaims with this death his full identification with the suffering humanity. But I'm here to tell you, saints, that it was all driven by compassion. Are y'all with me today? The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And he gave him to suffer. The Bible says, amen, that when Jesus saw the crowds, when he looked upon the crowds of the people, he had compassion on them. Galatians 6 and 12 says this, carry each other's burdens. You might ask yourself, are you willing to carry others' burdens? Even, listen to this, even if they don't deserve it. Hello. Man, I've had situations where people have gone against my counsel. They've even rejected my counsel, talked bad about me, led other people astray, made their decisions, and then they end up in a big old mess with all kinds of challenges, with all kinds of difficulties, with all kinds of issues, and then... When it's all said and done and they're stuck in the middle of this mess, then they still come back. Even though they don't deserve it, am I still willing to show compassion concerning their situation? But if you think about it, that's exactly what God experiences with us. Because God tries to give us counsel. God tries to give us instruction. We go do our own thing. Hello. Are y'all with me today? And how many of y'all know having compassion on somebody, it can be time consuming. It can even be expensive. Amen. Two things that are very difficult, right? Our time that we have little of and our, and our money that we have little of. Hello. But how I many I know compassion might take some time and it might take some money? Are y'all with me today? It's going to take one or the other. It might take both. 
Because some of you say, well, pastor, time is money. If you think that way. And having compassion, sometimes it can just be plain hard. And it's, not, it's hard on everybody that's involved. Anybody deal with anything that's hard? Hello. Deal with some people in some situations that are hard. And how many of y'all know this was Jesus? This is what he did for us. So listen real quick as I get ready to close. There's three essential things that we must have in order to show compassion and to work for Jesus. Amen. Number one is an eye to see. They don't have this on the screen, but I'm going to tell you. You got to have an eye to see. In other words, we need to see the spiritual need of men and women. When Jesus looked upon the people, he looked upon the masses, and the Bible says that he had compassion for them. He was able to see their spiritual need that they said. In fact, he realized that they needed a shepherd. But how many of y'all know uh, spiritual need is only sensed by those who are spiritual? In other words, if you're not spiritual... Because you're always in the flesh. You're not going to be able to see other people's spiritual needs. It takes somebody being spiritual in order to be able to identify and see a need that's spiritual. And we look at this and we see how Jesus saw the world, amen, because when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. In other words, he saw this crowded world, amen, he saw this helpless world, and he saw a world that was a shepherdless world. Now, I want you to look at this because sheep, they have, no, they have no sense of direction. Sheep do. They have no sense of direction. They have no weapon of offense. Amen. Sheep don't have a weapon of offense. Right? Or defense. And so Jesus saw them as lost with no one to care for their spiritual emptiness. Amen. When Jesus saw them, he had compassion on them. And that compassion is what would lead him to the cross of Calvary. That compassion is what would lead him to lay down his life for somebody else. And the Bible says that you will know your disciples of mine for your love for one another. And there's no greater love than to lay down your life for another. Are y'all with me today? So we ask ourselves, do we have eyes that see? The next thing is, do we have a heart to feel? Hello? Are we hard-hearted? What do you see when you see? Because I'm going to tell you, I, have, I deal with the same challenge. When you see somebody that's out there bound in sin, living like the devil, amen, just filthy as can be, what is it that you see? I know there's, because there's a sense there, because we have to learn that we love the sinner, but we hate the sin. But how many of y'all know sometimes we can be looking at it, and we can hate the sin so much that we begin to hate the sinner? Woo. So what do you see when you see them? Do you see disgust and filth? 
Because I, I deal with this too. I'm like, man, can they just not get right? But then I have to remember where I was at one time. Because how many of y'all know all of us were sinners? Hello. We may have not done the same stuff that everybody else did, but we did something. Hello, somebody. But we got to have a heart to feel. In other words, we need a heart to feel the spiritual needs of these people. Are y'all with me today? And we have to have a hand to perform. A hand to perform. Can I get the worship team to come forward? In other words, we need a hand to perform to act out our compassion. Because Jesus demonstrates his compassion by doing something about it. Hello. Let's look at the parable of the Good Samaritan as I get ready to close. Chapter 10, verse 29. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. I'm almost done, so if you're losing your attention, just hang in there. I'm almost done. I'll be quiet. The sooner y'all respond, the sooner I'll be quiet. Amen. That includes you, son. At the back, in the red outfit, yeah. All right. Let's look. But wishing to justify himself, he said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied and said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, and they stripped him and beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. And by chance, a priest, somebody say a priest, you know, those holy people, was going down on the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite. Now, the Levites from the Levitical priesthood, I mean, these guys were God's chosen. They were called, right? They were anointed. Likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan. Do we have any Samaritans in the house? I know we used to joke around when I was in the world. We used to talk about being a good Samaritan. But a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion. And came to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them, and he put him on his own beast and brought him to the inn and took care of him. On the next day, he took out two denarii. Here it is. It cost him his time. Now it's costing him his money. He took two denarii and he gave it to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him and whatever more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. Which of these three do you think proved to be the neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And he said, The one who showed mercy towards him. And Jesus said to him, Go and do the same. I want you to look at this because as we close, saints, amen. In this parable of the Good Samaritan, he was teaching us a lesson of compassion. You know, there was many different people in here, about five or six different people, and they all saw this person in need in a different manner. 
The robbers saw him as a wounded traveler who was a victim to abuse. That's how the robbers saw him. They saw this guy. Amen. He was traveling. He was wounded. And they saw him as a victim to abuse. The priests and Levites saw him as a pest to ignore. In other words, he was a bother. The lawyer who sparked the story saw a problem to be solved. The innkeeper saw a customer from whom he could profit. But the hated Samaritan saw him as a neighbor that he could help in his hour of need. And Jesus said, which of these three do you think was the neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of the robber? Amen. He says, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus said, good, go and do likewise. Amen. But saints, as we stand to our feet, the highest expression of compassion is compassionate action. The caring disciple whose eyes have been opened to see the condition of this lost world, whose heart have been moved by men's tragic condition, must take action. In other words, if you have compassion, there's going to be action. What are we doing when we see a situation? What are we doing? Paul says, clothe yourself with compassion. Amen. Not, not just in church. Don't just be like that little, like that little chihuahua. You're in church, you're like, oh, and out of church, you, you know, you're in a doggy dog world. Hello. In church, we're nice to everybody outside of church. We're talking bad about them and cursing them. We're trying to fight people or whatever we do. Hello. God says, clothe it. If you clothe yourself, that means you put it on. Amen. It's a sign of putting it on. But you've got to take off the old in order to put on the new. One comes from the flesh. Amen. In the sinful nature, the other comes from the spirit. This is the heart of God. This is the character of God. This comes from the spirit of God. And like I told you, I testified. Amen. I asked God, I said, God... If I'm going to pastor these people, you're going to have to help me with compassion. You're going to have to help me get compassion for these people. When they're in this condition, when they're sick, amen, when they're hurting, when they're broken, amen. And, and I, I prayed that prayer and God had a way to do it, amen. I ended up sick, amen, for six to nine months, praise the Lord. Two of those months were in a bed. God says, son, I'm going to show you compassion. I'm going to help you get compassion. You're going to experience something so that you can have compassion. And some of that stuff still lingers. But it's so that I can remember what it means to have compassion for people in their situation. Are y'all with me today? Come on, let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We praise you today, God. We thank you, Lord, for clothing us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for developing us, Lord. We thank you, God for producing in us what you desire. You are worthy, my King, Lord. Take us deeper. Take us further, God. 
Help us to be clothed in the way that you want us to be clothed, my King, Lord God. With compassion, with kindness, with humility, with patience, Lord God. Father, we just thank you and praise you, God, that you are faithful, Lord, and that you finish what you started, my King. You are worthy, Jesus. Come and have your way, God. Help us, Lord, to be like you. Help us to love like you. Help us, God, to have compassion like you, Jesus. Yes, Lord God. You are worthy, Jesus. Amen. And as we sing, amen, if you want to come to this altar and receive prayers, come to this altar, amen, let God minister to you this morning. Let God fill you and clothe you this morning. He wants to clothe you this morning. Praise the Lord. Come on, let's worship the King. Let's worship the King this morning. Sally 
Sayonara, Sayonara.